Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. It's 2020. A lot of you are thinking about what you're going to be doing on your homesteads this year. And right about this time of year, something starts arriving in all of our mailboxes, the catalogs. What seeds are you going to order? What chickens are you going to order? What infrastructure, fencing, whatever it is that uh, you are planning on doing this year, the catalogs are getting in front of you and you're trying to decide what am I going to spend my good hard-earned money on and, you know, burn up this year on the homestead. And one of our things every year, one of the things that we love doing every year, one of our favorites is going through that catalog full of chickens and turkeys and my son every year he checks out the golden pheasants. We pour through the different catalogs, trying to decide what birds are we going to bring onto the homestead. And tonight's interview hopefully will help you decide which birds to bring on, which ones to maybe try hatching your own. We have Jake and Becky from White House on the Hill. These two own more birds than anybody I have ever seen. We're going to have a really good chicken talk tonight. So Jake and Becky and their three boys make up White House on the Hill. If you've seen their YouTube channel, White House on the Hill, that's where you can find all their different adventures. They're in northwest Missouri. Uh, they're growing their own food, hatching and raising a ton of birds. And right now, if you have joined their channel recently, uh, you can enjoy this adventure as they start again kind of from scratch. Originally, they were renting a farm where they started their channel and started their journey. Now they've bought a beautiful place and uh, they're working on kind of starting it from the ground up. And it's cool because as I was emailing Jake today, I was thinking about in the last couple of years, uh, how similar our lives have been. They've started off on YouTube. We started off on YouTube. Uh, they wound up going from a place that was a bit smaller to now this brand new farm and they're starting it from scratch. Uh, we went from a smaller place to now this brand new farm that we're starting from scratch. You guys just had a baby. We just had a baby. Uh, so it's been kind of like living parallel lives. And uh, we're always looking to add something more to it. So maybe tonight we'll talk about the big plans we have coming up in 2020. Before we dive in, to all the questions and, and the advice that you can share with us, I wanted to ask you Desert Island Homestead Edition. You can have three kinds of poultry or three specific breeds. What is going to be on your Homestead Desert Island poultry list? It could be a chicken. It could be an emu. It could be a golden pheasant. 
You guys, you can only pick three, and I didn't prepare them for this. I wanted that off the cuff, raw. What's on the desert island? Well, desert island, you need to survive. So <laughs> there we go. Some of our birds are for fun. Most of our <laughs> most of our birds are for fun. Uh, For sure, chickens are going to be their specific breed of chicken, something that lays pretty well. So probably like an Australorp, a Bard Rock, a Rhode Island Red. Um, would you have ducks on your no, desert island? No, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> what about turkeys? We've there's some good meat. They are, but I like chicken better. So you just having chickens? Yeah, I guess I just have chickens. Just chickens, and so you're probably just having probably a good layer and then we'd probably have uh probably some of our favorites or like our americanas our easter eggers that are some of our favorites and then how about a fun breed that you would have that you have that we have that we really enjoy chickens wise oh chicken likes like silkies we love our silkies we you love don't want to take your peacock with you you know i don't we have a love hate relationship with our peacocks so not going to the desert island <laughs> Get a good um, barbecue there, you know? Just saying. You know, I don't know. I guess third, I'd, I'd take the emus then because they they are they are entertaining mm -hmm. and they show affection towards us. So I think if we have some food taken care of with the chickens, then I'd take some emus. All right, there we go. Desert Island Homestead Edition. So those of you watching, you got your list. If you're starting off this year and your place is like a Desert Island Homestead right now, you got the three to order. How did you guys get into this lifestyle? Where did it all begin? I wanted to start by just getting, we started with six chickens mm -hmm. and I just wanted fresh eggs. I had grew up with uh, having chickens and so I wanted to get back to the old roots and having a farm. And so prior to us getting those chicks, we were living in Kansas City and Working, I was working four jobs around the clock, and we had just had our first son. I know we just had our second son when we sold our house, right? And we wanted to kind of start over, and so we moved back up to this area where where Becky was from. She was from the country, and we found a rental because we had, were stuck in a, a house that we were trying to sell for about nine years, wow. and we finally sold it. And so we wanted to start over, and then we wanted to rent so we could figure out what we really wanted. So we got six chickens and uh, Jake kind of took it from there, actually. I was really surprised that he kind of got obsessed with chickens and I was like, oh my goodness. We converted <laughs> a, a, a shed at the rental property. We converted the shed to a coop and then made an attached run to it. And then we had, well, the six chicks turned to 12 within probably the same day. And then <laughs> a couple of weeks or a month or two later, we started to try to sex them and realize that we had a lot of roosters. I think we had nine or 10 out of the 12 were gonna be roosters because we were just pulling them from straight run um, bins at the feed store. And so then we got 12 more chicks. And so then we're up to 24. And this is just us getting into, like we moved from the city to the country. And then while we were at the rental property, we got into the, we got some chicks and then it grew to probably 30 or 40 by the end of our first year. And in the process of 
looking, um, getting those chicks and waiting for them to start laying eggs. Uh, we started to look on how to raise them. And so we started to look to YouTube and we came across uh, a lot of channels. We came across Justin Rhodes and Daddy Curb's Farm. Uh, were you doing YouTube in 2016? Yeah, that's the year we started, 2016. Oh, I may have even come across your videos at that time. I know for sure 2017, I started watching a lot of your videos. Um, we may have seen some of yours that first year. And we started watching those and then it became more about, we were seeing these families and learning how to raise chickens, but then they were growing their own food. They were at home with their families. And it was a lot of things that we found really attractive. And we started being, getting better informed about where our food came from. And so that's why we started to get passionate about growing our own and raising some of our own. And then just along that process, we're, we're raising chickens and then starting to get into other birds. We just started to find things that we really enjoyed through it. But that's really how we got into that was just that we were trying to do every, the opposite of everything we had done for 10 years living in the city and just starting over from scratch on a homestead with our with our family. Now, Becky grew up this way. Jake, did you grow up with any kind of farming background or you like me, total no. green? No, grew up in the city. Had I never would have imagined owning birds. We, My parents didn't let us own animals back then, which if she, my mom watches your channel all the time. So if she ever sees them, <laughs> she'll be she'll be upset because now they have cats like we we gave him a cat from her her farm a barn cat, yeah. a barn cat and that got her into becoming a crazy cat lady <laughs> and, hi jake's mom <laughs> <laughs> so she's loved having animals ever since that time when we had given her a cat and but no i never had animals growing up and so i never would have imagined this lifestyle but yeah. when we just moving out i don't know if we really wanted what we really wanted at the time we were just trying a rental and then she talked me into getting the chicks and that just kind of snowballed, snowballed. into the, learning about this whole world that we knew nothing about it's so funny because that is so similar to our story we we literally started with six chickens same number and uh it was Kay's idea i had no background no history of this kind of life and when you ask her, she says, I'm the one to blame for the scale we've gone to. Because she's like, I just wanted six chickens. You were the one who went crazy and bought a bunch of other stuff. So it sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> pretty yeah. similar. So why do you think you guys got so into the birds uh, as opposed to, you know, there's all kinds of endless possibilities with homestead animals. Why did you guys lean in so heavy on birds? We had such a small space at the rental. We had... An it wasn't so small. I mean, it was more than we'd ever had. Right. But we were limited. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, we were limited on the amount of yard that we had. And so we thought birds, chickens, you can combine them into whatever pen size that you want them to be in. So we thought birds would be the perfect start. They're really easy to take care of. And we had we had the building for the coop and then we started building chicken tractors so we could keep uh, so we could keep meat birds and move them around in a little space. And then and then we'd got like some ducks and some turkeys. And so it was like you could just keep adding to it. And the people we were renting from, like really, they were cool with the chickens, but they didn't really notice like if we added like ducks and turkeys and then like we got some, uh, some pheasants and we could just put them away in a chicken tractor and they wouldn't <laughs> they would never know. 
And then we, uh, we hatched out the peacocks and then we just, uh, we had a, a chicken that hatched them out, um, was raising them. And so had them in a chicken tractor. And I think the problem was when we got the emu. The problem was the <laughs> We couldn't exactly hide the emus when they started growing a foot a month. No, you sure could have. All you had to do is like put a pair of pants on them and like a suit jacket and be like, oh yeah, that's my brother over there. Those things are huge. <laughs> well, they had found out about our channel. They're, they had- Oh, that'll do it. Uh, the kids that we rented from, they watched our channel. And so they kind of had a, some inside scoop on what we were up to. And so it just, it became very difficult to hide things from them. <laughs> You guys were like peacock bootleggers. Like, oh, yeah. Come and get the peacocks, put them under the throw pillows. We, of course, we wanted to have other things, but there we just couldn't. Yeah. And then from from there, when it became too difficult to house the emus and we didn't want to get rid of them, then we started to look for another place. And so that's when we found the farm and then that's why now we're open to having all kinds of animals for our farm. So I have to ask, you throw out there, yeah, then we got the peacocks and then we got the pheasants and then we got the emus and then we had to look for a new place and like, whoa, 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 why emus? We got- That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> why emus? One, I don't think, I didn't think she would approve. And so I think <laughs> oh, it's my it was, the summer before we got the eggs, we saw like a posting on Craigslist for somebody selling pretty cheap peacock eggs. And I asked her, like I would run everything by her first, like this could be some interesting content. It could be really challenging for me to try to hatch them out. You really love the hatching. I became passionate about the hatching. It was just really exciting for me to like see how it work out, try something different, try different incubators, try different hatching methods. And then it took a little bit of convincing of her on the, the peacock eggs and then they hatched out and they're not that big for a while. So they're small or no, or, or, or noisy. And so it was, they kind of mix in, intermix in with the chickens pretty easily. And then I ran, I was looking for different things. I think I was just looking on eBay at different hatching eggs. And then all of a sudden came across emu eggs. I was like, that could be interesting. <laughs> and then I, so I have to think up a, a scheme of like, how can I present this to Becky and sell this idea to her that this is a good thing that will work out. <laughs> and, uh, and she, she's pregnant like halfway through a pregnancy. And we're like, we'll hatch these out and they're going to hatch out like a few months before we have a baby. And so we didn't really know what we'd do. I, I think at the time I just said, hey, if I just hatch them out, maybe we, sell them or we could sell them give or them give them away to a farm that wants them. I didn't, I don't think I said anything about keeping them. But that was not the plan. No, yeah. No. So then we, we hatched them out and for two months. We only had one emu at the time and he lived inside the house. So for two months, he lived inside the house with us. We, we put a, we came up with a emu sock diaper that he wore so he could <laughs> be in the house. And then he started to get just too big for the house and we had to move him outside. And, and then he just, we grew up to, we grew to love him mm -hmm. so much that we just couldn't get rid of him. And so 
So we had to hatch out two more. <laughs> more so we'd have friends because he got really dependent on us so of course we grew attached to him and and there's just no way we could really see life without them at this point but it was kind of just uh whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt at midwayusa.com we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns advanced scent control technologies and weatherproof options to withstand the elements Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Just a weird thing, I think, that we just came across it and decided to go for it. Homesteady Live from the Barn Show happens every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Join myself and whoever is here as a guest listen to the show, and ask questions of our guest at the end. Click here to become a pioneer so you can join us for these recordings. One time, our only emu experience, uh, there was a farm out in Rhode Island that we used to go visit, and I just remember going with a group of friends, and this was back, we were farming back in Connecticut at the time, uh, and we went and saw this place, and we're looking all around, you know, all the different pens and seeing all the different animals, and we're standing there, and... uh, chit-chatting and one of my buddies just like whoa and boom right on the back of the head the emu got him we didn't you know and of course you see it i just got hit by an ostrich and oh no it's an emu so that's our only emu experience but uh as a you know homestead animal sounds like you're a pretty good salesman here jake you were able to sell the emu uh what's your pitch on the emu for bringing them on a homestead uh they're very entertaining they're a lot of fun um I'm still working out all the uses for them because you can, <laughs> you can, you can have them, you know, people will say, well, they, there's emu oil out there, but you've got to kill an emu to do that. I don't know. We certainly with the three we have, we wouldn't be able to do that, but um, there's, there are, you know, with, with emus and ostriches, there is some, some good meat quality there, but you know, it, that might be way down the road with some of their offspring with these three we have, we just, we wouldn't be able to do that with them, but possibly with offspring and then eggs. There's going to be a market for the eggs. We have people that ask us all the time whenever they start really? laying eggs at two years, two years old, they'll start uh, laying eggs every winter and for about a, a couple months. And so there's a little bit of a market for that. We've never really gotten into selling eggs for hatching or anything. We have a lot of people that request that, but just haven't gone down that road. But there is, I think if we weren't doing YouTube and we had the emus, I would, hundred percent they'd be for meat for selling hatching eggs um and then really just for entertainment beyond that i think it's a lot of fun just to be able to one we have space now we have land that they can oh yeah uh, we can keep them in a bigger area and then they're just they're a lot of fun to have and so having different ways to just have pleasure out here in the country and have entertainment with our family and i think they're they add a lot of value that people it, it is something we have to explain to a lot of people why we have them for hardcore homesteaders that are like everything has to have a purpose their purpose yeah their purpose is a little hidden but it's it's there you know jake one of the things we've gotten into 
in the last, I would say this has really shifted in the last two years or so. So we've been homesteading now for almost a decade. We started off with uh, just a garden and hunting at an apartment. Then we went to the, the farm in Connecticut and we were there for a couple of years. And now here we are in uh, Pennsylvania with like the much bigger thing. And we really got into it because it was like, we want to eat good, healthy food, but we can't afford it. So we could raise our own. And that's what got us started in it. And for a long time, that hardcore homesteading uh, ethic kind of drove us. And when we started our podcast, uh, we had my buddy Accountant Mike on the show, who a lot of you listening and watching, you know, Accountant Mike. And he would look at the numbers of something. He'd say like, oh, that's a good decision. No, that's a bad decision. That's that's what I have a memory of watching a podcast you did with him. It's probably two years ago. And you had a girl on from Missouri because you were talking about the running the numbers on a milk cow. Oh, yeah. And, it was worth it. and I remember watching that, and it still sticks with me, because you, you guys were fighting about, is it, it worth it? be proper. They say don't feed the trolls, right? You don't want to give the trolls, but we're going to let the troll read the email. To now. Yeah. yeah. There's probably 30 smiley faces in this email. Let's get into the email, and if you wouldn't mind, we're going to have you read it to the audience. So let's start. Ah! Start. <laughs> wait, wait, before she goes uh, on... <laughs> There were six. Do you see this, Mike? There were six. I'm looking at it. You confirm? Yeah, six. Behind her, Aust. Go on, Emily. (laughs) Aust, I have to point out that apparently your family doesn't use butter, cream, yogurt, kefir, ice cream, sour cream, cream cheese, or mozzarella cheese. You don't use any of these ever? I'm going to guess that you do. And that should be considered in the economics of of it because they are all very easy to make from raw milk okay now before you go on i actually have one of these family members here next to me i gotta ask you a question do we use ice cream Mm. do we use yogurt yes yes can you talk into the mic here you're gonna do some podcasting here do we do do we use ice cream Mm. do we ever have ice cream you can say (laughs) for our listeners we have ice cream. We have ice cream. Nice. How about uh, ice cream? Ice cream. How about sour cream or cream cheese? What are the other benefits that we missed, Emily? Um, also, if someone's goal is sustainability, then the level of sustainability that a cow offers to the family is incredible. Hmm. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to ignore. Also, a tough one to for accountant Mike's side to put like a price on. Sure. Of- you but that's it can you put a price on the sustainability element so go on there's plenty okay. more everyone there's plenty of more points we missed <laughs> <laughs> why don't you pick it up from there emily i like how you kind of summed it up here okay um my point is you guys left out a lot um out of the equation on the family milk cow i'm not saying accountant mike would end up giving it a thumbs up but it should be considered to give it a fair assessment and then you talked about we'd be saving a lot more than the 500 figure a year on milk Yes. And, uh, so that's really why we had you on because we just talked about milk last time. Now, here's the thing. I still blame Emily for the fact that I got four little cows out there. If you're watching, Emily, it's your fault. <laughs> we got, so Accountant Mike, you're going on the record saying thumbs up in a homestead where it's going to be used. Is that, is that, can I quote you on that? Uh, thumbs up in a very specific scenario. Yes. All right, Emily. <laughs> 
Thanks for coming on and switching that thumb direction. I still remember that one vividly, that podcast. But my my I've shifted so much in my opinion on because for a long time we were running a business and I really wanted to see uh, back in Connecticut like okay if I if I raise fifty meat birds they got to pay for themselves and I got to make some profit so I can grow more and do more and we have really shifted uh, to more of like do what you enjoy do what makes you happy because you guys you've been doing this life now a long time too you've probably seen what we've seen is. In the beginning, it is really hard to get the numbers to work. When you first get something going, uh, it, it's you got to get a lot of time, a lot of energy to catch up to that point where you start making money or at least saving money. And then yeah. if you're enjoying it, what it sounds like with you guys, you wind up doing things that are not good like decisions money-wise, right? Like, oh, we'll go, we'll get a bunch more of these chickens. And oh, let's try peacocks. What am I going to get from a peacock? Well, I want to try a peacock. And with YouTube, like you mentioned, it can work out because for us, we're, we're also putting on a show. And if people see an emu, they're going to want to click on an emu video. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Emu? Is there like a, you got like a little extra emu. note in there. And Australians tell me they were happy with the, my pronunciation. Was emu. emu. A little bit of mu in there. Okay, yeah. I'll work on my pronunciation. Uh, but we really have shifted more to like, Focusing on the things we enjoy and not working so much. I still want it to feed us. I still want there to be a profit in the endeavors we go big on. But I love watching, you know, people like you guys who are looking at something to sing. You know, we enjoy that. Seeing that bird, that giant bird run around the backyard and, you know, at the new farm makes you happy. And you can't, that's why I always would trump account to Mike. You can't really put a good hard number on happiness. If it's making you, if you're enjoying it, then, you know. There it is. <laughs> well, speaking of the new farm, you guys, this is a really exciting time in your life because you went from uh, starting off on the rented place. And I love that you guys started in a rental because a lot of people do allow that to hold them back. They say, oh, you know what? We got a rental. We, we, we can't really do this. We're just renting. Uh, you guys didn't let that hold you back. You didn't let that stop you. You got, and not only did you not let it hold you back, but you went as all in as possible uh, with having landlords and with having other people who, uh, you know, you had to consider there. Uh, but now here you are, you got a new farm. Tell us a bit about how that happened. Tell us a bit about the new farm and let's talk about your plans. Well, it happened because of the emus pretty much. <laughs> I don't think we really had talked about it for a few years and we just said, we kept thinking it was going to be another year or two away. So we'd really be able to look for it or be able to afford anything. And then it came to a point where we either had to get rid of the emus or we had to look for a new place. And so we were really looking for anything that we could find. We were, you know, going to anything we could afford. We were going to some pretty bad properties that were just like five acres of raw land, you know, just little things. And we wouldn't have been happy in them, but it would have gotten us out of our situation. And so then we end up coming to this place and it was, it's got a situation because it's it's larger land, but it's with a mobile home. And so a lot of banks didn't want to work. Um, a lot of banks didn't want to work with this property. And um, and then we're YouTubers. And so there's it's a you know, it's our own business. And so there's a lot of issues just with that, with working on things. So a lot of challenges that we had to overcome when we got this property. But somehow it worked out. We went to seven, eight banks and went to a lot of different efforts to try to make this property happen once we found it because we were pretty excited about it.
there's the peak of the property is right in the middle and it overlooks like the whole property. And so that's our dream is to have a house up there someday and then have a big barn somewhere further back on the property by there where we could have um, the horses. We could have a stall for the emus to come in. We could have a stall for the horses and whatever other animals we have in and out of there. And then, yeah, there's a really nice pond um, just out our window that we're looking at right now that is just beautiful and it's fully stocked with fish. The previous owner just fed these fish and never actually fished for them. So it's just tons of fish in there. And uh, Eli's already, we got in here like late last year, end of summer. So we really didn't get to use it much, but uh, Eli, our seven-year-old started fishing. And so he would catch some fish out there and and we cooked a few up so far, but I, we've got a lot of things planned that we, on the short scale, like the next 12 months, and then long-term, like a house and a barn and different things. But yeah, I've got a list of big things that I wanna build or accomplish this year that incorporate the pond, the garden. We've got an orchard here, uh, which I forgot to mention. There's a an orchard already here. There's a couple apple trees, there's a couple pear trees, and then there's um, like some peach and different. We had a good uh, harvest of pears. And so now we're really excited to get things going so we can in the future start to have more fruit from there. We were just really excited to get started and actually be able to do stuff. We haven't been able to do stuff with property the whole time we we're three years we were at the other place. And so we we tore the house apart, this mobile home we tore apart in a month and built it back up so we could move in. And uh, and then we got a we have a big uh, outbuilding that we got paved so we could put shelves in there so we could move all of our stuff because we didn't have enough room in the house. So we were able to move all of our other stuff out there. And then um, now we've just, things are in place to where now we can start to build um, different things that we need. And then we'll work on fencing. And then we'll, we're really excited to, you know, get started with other animals here this year. There's a couple of big projects that I have planned here, like right for the spring that are like the garden. I've got to get figured out. I want to do an aviary that is a, a bigger space because we have uh, all of our birds in separate chicken tractors. Like we have our peacocks in one, we have our pheasants in another, we have our mandarin ducks in another. And we just can't really fully enjoy them or let them do what they do in such small spaces. And so if we build a bigger aviary, we can actually have them all live together and then we can enjoy watching them and we can give them a pond and different things that they can they can do so the aviary the garden space and then start to work on little things here and there put a dock on the pond and find ways so we can better utilize this property i love seeing how it started so not you know with no idea where you were going right it was a small you were renting a place you were getting into chickens you were watching videos and you thought oh man we could do that too and it's just grown so much so whether we're talking to someone who's thinking about starting a youtube channel uh, whether we're talking to someone who's thinking about getting their first chickens um what is your what's your advice to someone who maybe has got a little analysis paralysis maybe they have been afraid to go on camera or to order that chicken finally or whatever it is what what's your encouragement to those people who are watching we get a lot of people that'll tell us that they got chickens because they saw them on our channel and they felt comfortable with starting or trying out because they'd see them on there they, they tried hatching because they saw it on our video and 
some people ask a lot of questions and some people just jump into it. I love both aspects of it. Um, but our, that's our goal is that people just try. They just try something that if they think it's cool that they see us hatch and they want to try it, I I love hearing that feedback that they they go out and get an incubator or they borrow one from somebody and they just get some eggs from a farm or something and just try it out. That's We just want people to, to start somewhere, whether it's try hatching. If you fail, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You didn't, you know, if you didn't kill a chick, you know, it's like you're, you're going to learn the process. You're going to figure it out. If you raise a few chickens, you'll reap the benefits. You'll be so excited that you, uh, you raised a chicken to the age to lay some eggs for you that you actually get to enjoy yourself. So that's really what we want people to do is just to enjoy what we do, but then also to take steps to um, be a part of it and, and see that it, it's, it's really easy and it's a lot of fun and it's worth it. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time with us. Uh, if you, like I said, if you haven't checked out the channel yet or their uh, Instagram, we'll have links once this video goes out onto YouTube. Uh, we'll have some links in the description below. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we'll have some links there for you as well in the description so you can check out everything that Becky and Jake are doing at their new farm. If you enjoyed this episode, then you'll love the Pioneer version. It's twice as long. Me, Jake, and Becky talk about incubating. Doing the incubation. Uh, any good brands, any good models, any good techniques you could share? Well, we love experimenting with all kinds of methods. Broody Hen is, is absolutely about the best. It's always come through for us. Homesteading with children. Any kid-friendly suggestions for the families watching out there? Well, we, we try to give them little jobs or we'll give them... And the proper steps to growing your farm. And it's super boring and it's super expensive, but it's something that like, you have to go through this step. As soon as you become a pioneer, you'll have access to this full length episode and all our episodes. Click the link in the description below to become a pioneer.